We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Every year I attend a conference in St. Louis called SLBC. That's short for Song Leadership Boot Camp. It's a three-day gathering from around the world where educators, clergy, and just plain old folk who are interested in Jewish music and in worship leadership come together to sing, to harmonize, to listen, to learn new songs, and to just be together. Each year there's a theme that's chosen, and the theme this past year was It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The Torah of Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Many of you here are familiar with this courageous pioneer and revolutionary educator who forever changed our relationship to children, how we view them and how we listen to them, how we stand with them and how we don't. Mr. Rogers was the beginning of a completely different way of looking at the inner life of a child. That song, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, encapsulated so many beautiful things and so many good questions, like what are the core ingredients of building a neighborhood? What are good neighborhoods? And what's a good neighbor? Is there a fundamental key or an obligation that helps us construct and conserve communities. Tomorrow morning, that verse that, that was just sung by the choir, Yasuli Mikdash, Veshachanti B'Tocham, chapter 25, verse 8 of the book of Exodus, Shmot, invites us to imagine, God says, make me a Mikdash. Can you all say that? Mikdash. Mikdash. Make me a Mikdash. Just that one word, Mikdash. Make something Kadosh. Mikdash, a sacred space that is full of Kadoshness. Kedusha. Make that for me, and then Veshachanti, and then I will dwell. Veshachanti, the word Shachen. We hear in that if we speak Hebrew, and even if you don't, now you will. Shachen means our Israeli friends. Neighbors. As if God's saying, make a sanctuary for me and then I will be your neighbor. Something about our ability to create Kiddushah is connected to our ability to create good neighbors and neighborhoods. We're not only Shachin, people are neighbors, but Shekhinah, the divine presence itself, settles. Neighborhoods are opportunities to invite presence. And the presence of holiness is a prerequisite for shchunaing, having a neighborhood. 
one can see in the building of the Mikdash, the building of the tabernacle, the portable sanctuary in the desert, many of the same features that existed in the very telling of the story of creation. Some, if you would look carefully at the two stories, the creation of the world and then the portable sanctuary in the desert, there are so many linkages between them. On a linguistic level, so many words used to build the tabernacle were originally used to describe the creation of the world, including the verb va'asu, lasso, to make. And of course, most importantly, the notion of kiddushah, of the tabernacle being a place where this thing called sacred or holy lives is found also in the creation story itself. And one can say that one of the core teachings of Judaism is that holiness or the sacred dimension of life or Kiddushah inheres in at least three different aspects of reality. Sacred time, sacred space, and sacred person. In the idiom of the rabbis, these three dimensions are known as olam, or world, or space, olam, shana, year, or time, and nefesh, which is soul. Olam, shana, nefesh. The Torah introduces each of them in the beginning of the story of the Bible, the first chapters of Genesis. The sacred space, of course, is the garden of... The garden is beautiful and bountiful, and it's given over to humanity for safekeeping. Sacred time, of course, is in the form of Shabbat. Sacred time as Shabbat. It is separated from all of the other days of the week. It's made special and unique. It's a day set aside to honor what is of ultimate concern to us. Sacred person is the human form. And each and every one of us is imbued with nothing less than the divine imprint and image itself. Each of us unrepeatable, distinct, unique, beautiful. This fundamental teaching that there is Kiddushah, holiness in space, time, and person, brings with it another fundamental core Jewish teaching, which is Ein Kiddushah Beli Shmira. There can be no holiness without protection and safeguarding, without being shamur, watched over, the sacred demands that we are its stewards. Holiness, Kiddushah, is that which is precious and pure, but it needs a seal. It needs a shmirah, a watching over, a guardian. When you look carefully at all three dimensions of holiness in the Torah, there is shmirah that goes with it like a wink and a smile. Kiddushah, shmirah, Kiddushah, Shmira, Kiddusha, Shmira. In the story, of course, of the garden, it is Lo'ovda u Lishomra, to work the garden, and then Lishomra, to watch over the garden. When it comes to Shabbat, it is Lishmor Shabbat, to guard Shabbat, to protect Shabbat. But it is only in relation to the dimension of the sacred person, all of us human beings, that the word for protection, Shmirah is used rhetorically and ambivalently. When Cain, Cain murders Abel, 
And God comes and asks the question that Ariel was singing, Ayeka, where are you? I hear the voice of your brother calling to me from the ground. Cain's rhetorical question, Hashomer Achi Anochi is incredulity, screams to all of us. In contrast to God's demand, make sure you guard space, make sure you guard time, human beings are the ones who say, Shomer, am I obligated to protect my fellow human beings? Wondering if we are required to protect one another was certainly a very live question for me when I was a young boy. As I've told this community more than a few times now, I am a survivor of child abuse. The memories didn't return until I was a lost and lonely 23-year-old. I was an ultra-Orthodox Jew, and they came back. I'm still not fully capable of speaking about what happened to me, but I remember the broad outlines. It was my first camp experience. I was going to big boy camp. We're going to be a sleepaway camp. It was 1976. I was seven years old, and Camp Tagola was a very well-known camp. My two older sisters had gone there. I was super thrilled that I was eventually, or I had finally graduated to be a sleepaway camper. I remember, and many of you know this, that I have a twin brother. I remember that the first experience of being in that camp was forever coupled with being split into different bunks. My brother was in the older bunk. I was in the younger bunk. I was all alone in that bunk, and that's how it happened. Alone with no one watching or noticing, my camp counselor abused me. I remember the physical abuse because the camp caught him beating me up late one evening. He was fired and he was exiled from the camp very quickly, but it took years for the sexual violation that had been repressed, hidden, and painfully forgotten and discarded until that came back. It wasn't until I was old enough, strong enough, and ultimately safe enough to remember and then to heal. No one protected me from that child abuse. I was alone and completely vulnerable. Cain's question, Cain's incredulity, Hashomer achi anochi, am I my brother's keeper, resounds through time and space as we have repeatedly failed as a species to be shomrim, to be guardians of one another, to watch over and to protect one another and most tragically, the most innocent and the most vulnerable among us, our children. Here in the United States of America, our failures to be shomrim, to create sacred space 
for our children is staggering. Approximately five children die every single day because of child abuse. One out of three girls and one out of five boys will be sexually abused before they reach 18. 90% of child sexual abuse victims know the perpetrator personally in some way. 68% are abused by a family member. There are three million cases of child abuse each year in the United States. And listen to this. Children who experience child abuse and neglect are 59% more likely to be arrested as juveniles. In New York City, there are 50,000 reports of abuse and neglect each year. Out here on the streets, in our neighborhoods, right here in our beautiful neighborhoods. And in Israel, 340,000 children are at risk and one in five children reports abuse or neglect. And for every one of those one in five children, there are eight to ten others who don't report. Seventy percent are abused by family members and sixty percent of those who witness child abuse never report it. And here in the Jewish community, the phenomena exist as well. Even though Jewish leadership should be proud of the impact we have had on issues of social justice and broader areas of Shmirah, our Shmirah, our protection of our children, is frankly grossly inadequate. If the core teaching of Kiddushah, holiness, is that there is no Kiddushah without protection, ain't Kiddushah belish Shmirah, there can also be no Kiddushah and therefore no Shmirah, and therefore no Shmirah without Hachana. Without preparation, we don't know how to protect our children. The Jewish community spends millions of dollars each and every year to ensure that our tradition survives the onslaught of assimilation. We spend millions of dollars each and every year to combat anti-Semitism and to protect our people from the terror of terrorism. These are all important causes. But where are our dollars and the leadership necessary to ensure that our children, our most valuable resource, our most precious and innocent reality, where are those resources to protect them in the very own institutions that they play and pray in? Where are the community resources that must be allocated to train and equip Jewish institutions with the basic knowledge and trainings on child safety? Our fundamental responsibility to parents who have trusted us with the bodies and souls of their children, a pledge and a promise we all make to those who leave their children in our trust is that we are worthy of that trust, that we are worthy shomrim, that we are those who know how to make our spaces kadosh, sacred. Sacred space requires serious shmirah, protection. And we shouldn't be dialing it in. Many survivors of childhood abuse grow up in environments that are ill-equipped to provide support and counseling when, God forbid, something terrible occurs. And even more acutely, most Jewish institutions suffer from a lack of institutional accountability not to mention broader movement accountability structures that would demand organizational 
behavioral and professional training to ensure safety from sexual predation and violation. We as a community have been woefully unprepared to honor the promise that we make to our children to ensure their spaces are safe. The Jewish community must take this issue seriously and in my opinion more seriously than it takes any other threat to our safety body, heart, mind, or spirit. I'd like to imagine a world where children are safe and where there never need to fear physical or sexual abuse, where they mature and grow in Jewish institutions that put child safety at the top of their priority list, taking responsibility for each child's physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. And here's the problem, everyone. How many of you are comfortable right now? How many of you sitting here tonight in this moment feel, wow, this is the kind of sermon I came here tonight to hear? How many of you are thinking, wow, super heavy? Wow, intense. We talk about these things and we turn off. If I got up here and stood here and talked to you about any social justice issue, there would be a feeling in the room of, wow, we got to go march. But when it comes to, to our children, the issue cuts so close to the bone that we can't find inspiration. It shuts us down. I came out as a survivor years ago here. I gave a sermon on... Yom Kippur. To this day, I've had seven times the number of emails about a sermon I gave a couple of weeks ago about a flag as the emails I received after I revealed that deep, dark secret that I held. And I guarantee you I'm not the only one. This issue is tough. This issue hurts this issue brings up all kinds of stuff. And so we go. See ya. The kids will be okay. Make sure we have metal detectors at the front door. Make sure we lock this Torah so safely that no one can ever desecrate it. But we as a country, we as a community, don't do nearly enough yet to safeguard something even more precious than our written scrolls. Our children. And so I feel so charged. So deployed. So clear and so powerfully inspired by people like Asher ben Aryeh whose Haruv Institute in Israel is doing this work on the ground, Israelis, Jews, Palestinians, Israeli, Ar Israeli Arabs, every human being. Because he knows that our children are our future. Our children are the world we will one day see. I'm so inspired by the work of Dr. Shir Berkowitz, who started 
an organization called Sacred Spaces that we are proud to partner with, a campaign to have Jewish institutions everywhere train, become part of the 10 best practices in the Aleinu campaign, which you can pick up on the way out, on how to make sure that every JCC, every synagogue, every temple, every place where there is Jewish institutional life, every child that comes in will be safeguarded to the best of our ability and there will be no stone unturned. I'm jazzed up. And I admit that it isn't always easy to know how to change the world we live in. I'm pretty sure all of us here know the feeling of being overwhelmed by causes and all manner of responsibilities, campaigns that vie for our attention and for our support. But as someone who knows all too well the tragedy and the trauma of child abuse, the time has come to demand more responsibility from one another and from the broader Jewish community to protect our innocent children. The time has come for us to wake up to the dangers of child abuse and its prevalence. The time has come for us to train and prepare our institutions on how best to protect our children and our institutions themselves. The time has come to answer Kayan's question. His cynical, rhetorical barb Am I my brother's keeper? And for each and every one of us to say, yes, yes. I am my brother's keeper, my sister's keeper. I am that child's keeper. I am that child's keeper. We are the Shomrim. We are the protectors. Each child is our responsibility. God will call out to us tomorrow morning. And in truth, God calls out every day with the question Ariel began with, Ayeka. Ayeka, where are you? Ayeka, I hear the sound of you. And God says, the Asuli Mikdash. Go make a sacred space. Go make a Kadosh space. You want to know how to build community? You want to make a neighborhood? Begin by being Shamrin. Begin by being those who protect and honor that which is most innocent and most precious. To build safe, beautiful neighborhoods, Shchunot with Shchina, divine presence, where that Kiddushah is palpable and present for all. We must begin with the children. We must begin with the children. May God bless each and every one of us with the power and the willingness to learn and to not stop learning on how we can be those who make neighborhoods beautiful.